Hello, and welcome to the Homeschool Sanity Show, your prescription for happier, healthier homeschooling. I'm your host, Dr. Melanie Wilson, Christian psychologist turned homeschooling mother of six. Let's get started. Hey, homeschoolers. Are you going to be moving soon? Or do you have another big life change on the horizon that could affect your homeschool? Then this episode is for you. Before I introduce my guest, I have to say how often I've heard from families using Grammar Galaxy that it's an easy curriculum to grab and go and easy to use during and after a move. If your student can read the stories written at a strong third grade level independently, grab the text. If not, play the audiobook version of the story in the car. Audio is currently available for volumes one through three. Then just make sure you have a highlighter and a pencil for your guardian to complete the steps in the mission manual. To try Grammar Galaxy for free, go to funtolearnbooks.com slash samples. Now for my interview with Katie Trent. Katie is the author of Dishing Up Devotions, 36 Faith-Building Activities for Homeschooling Families. Katie is a leader in the Christian homeschool community outside Phoenix, Arizona. She draws on a wealth of knowledge and experience from over a decade of counseling as an LCSW, ministry and church planting. She equips women to grow their faith strengthen their family, and simplify their homeschool. I think you'll be inspired by our discussion of how to homeschool during a move and other transitions. Katie, thank you so much for joining me on the Homeschool Sanity Show. I am excited to talk about our topic today. I know some homeschoolers personally who are waiting for your help um, with this issue of moving while homeschooling. But before we jump in, I would love to have you tell us more about you and your family. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk about this topic. My name is Katie, as you mentioned, and I have been married to my sweet husband for 16 years. We have two kiddos that we homeschool, and we have moved a lot. So my daughter, she is not quite nine, and she's lived in nine different homes in about as many cities and a couple of states. And so we get the whole transition, and we've learned a thing or two along the way. Wow, I I bet. (laughs) That's a lot of moves. Well, one of the things that I ask all of my guests who homeschool is, why did you decide to homeschool originally? Yeah, so it was never in my plan. I never thought about it, you know. Um, I was actually an elementary school counselor at a public elementary school, and it was during that year that I really felt like God impressed on me the importance of homeschooling, and I saw just kind of a heart for what I wanted for my kids. I realized that I wanted to be able to very uniquely and intentionally raise my kids so that they could 
um, thrive as who they were created to be with their own skills and gifts and talents. And so that was really what started our journey. My husband and I had a lot of conversations and I mean, we had to flip our whole life around to do it. Um, you know, quitting my job and doing this thing has not been easy, but it has been so rewarding. We're now in our fifth year of homeschooling and it has been incredible. Oh, that is great. I always am happy to hear that from homeschooling families. I certainly feel the very same way. It is a blessed, blessed lifestyle. No doubt about it. Well, can you tell me why you are so passionate about helping families navigate change while homeschooling? I think that homeschooling we know is challenging in and of itself, but when you're going through any type of transition or change in your life, it can be overwhelming. And it's easy when things get hard to feel like you're doing something wrong or you want to throw in the towel like, oh, this isn't working. You're frustrated. Your kids are frustrated. And I want families to persevere through that because I know the blessing that comes on the other end of that. And so I think when we can take a step back and realize that there is a plan, you know, there's a great way to do this and be successful at it. It makes it easier to get through that season and you really reap the rewards on the other side of that. Absolutely. Well, that is an excellent reason uh, for you to be passionate about the topic. And so it really, it goes beyond just moving to transitions that we might experience during the course of our homeschooling. So, uh, so, so important. Well, what do homeschool parents need to consider when they are going to be relocating out of state? Yeah, that's a great question because it is different. If you're doing a local move, you might only need to say like refile an affidavit of intent to homeschool with a new superintendent. But if you're moving states, every state is actually very different in their homeschool laws and regulations. And so you want to make sure that you're Googling and looking up the local chapter of homeschool supports in that state and make sure that you're doing everything legally and that you're meeting all of the requirements. So you want to have that information before you transition, because once you get there, it can be very hectic as you're starting already. So if you know what you're going into, I find that it's a lot less stressful. So being able to look and say, okay, what are the rules? What do we need to do? I also love, I always encourage moms to hop on. There are Facebook groups or so many support groups out there nowadays, you can find one pretty much any city that you live in. So when you can connect with local homeschoolers, they're really there to help guide you. They can tell you what's available for homeschoolers in your community and really come alongside you in your journey. And that's also great for your kids because we know that moving is hard. It's hard on adults to make friends. It's hard on our kids. And so when you can find other homeschool families to connect with, that really makes that transition so much easier. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned that about uh, filing an intent to homeschool. I wouldn't have even thought about that because I don't have to do that in Missouri where I'm located. So very good. Yeah. Tip. And Arizona <laughs> is where I'm at. And it's very supportive of homeschoolers. That's really all we have to do is file an affidavit of intent. Whereas, you know, like California, you've got to become a private school. So I mean, there's mm -hmm. so many different regulations. And like what we have to keep track of in Arizona, I'm sure is different than Missouri. And I know mm -hmm. is different than so many other states. And so you don't know that if you're just diving into homeschool, or you're new to a different part of the world. So mm -hmm. it can be overwhelming. Right, absolutely. And I completely agree about talking to 
local homeschoolers and not just looking at the law and maybe kind of freaking out <laughs> because they can interpret that for you. Um, yes. Yeah. That's such a great point because it really is different. You know, you may read it one way, but it's totally different for somebody who's living that out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, what advice do you have for families who are homeschooling while in the process of moving? You know, do you have to shut your homeschool down until you move? Yeah. So I think the first thing to recognize is that part of the blessing of homeschooling is the flexibility. So we are not on the same rigid schedule as a traditional school is. And so sometimes we feel bad, like we begin to feel guilty that if we stop what we're used to doing and feel like our kids are going to fall behind or they're going to fail or, you know, we're being a terrible homeschool parent. But the truth is, is that transitions and moving is all such a natural part of life. And it's just a different opportunity to teach them new life skills and to work together as a family and strengthen your relationships. And so being able to kind of take off that mindset of this is what we should be doing and be flexible with what your days look like. It's okay if you aren't doing, you know, what you traditionally do for your days and whether that's weeks or even sometimes it can prolong into a month or more, Mm -hmm. that is absolutely okay because you have that flexibility. So There are certainly times when I'm in the move, especially like the days right before or the days right after, obviously, like we pretty much stop anything (laughs) non-moving related and that's okay. But you can also just turn other things into learning opportunities. You know, they can learn math and budget how much the move is going to cost. They can experience a lot of different things and set goals for what they want to look. You know, if you're driving across states, you might have a lot of things or they can learn to geography and navigate where you're going to go or what they want to stop and see. You know, there's so many fun activities Mm. that you can get them involved in regardless of their age. And obviously you'll tailor that for their age, but there's a lot of fun things that you wouldn't have the opportunity to do if you weren't moving. So taking Mm -hmm. advantage of those, I think helps. And for us, like we work together on teaching. I taught my kids how to pack boxes properly, you know, and they now pack up their own rooms and we work together. Purging is a big part of it, right? You don't want to take junk into your new place. And so making sure that you're spending time with your kids in their rooms and being intentional about what can we give away and what do we really want to take with us. And then being sensitive to your kids' needs because emotionally that transition is really hard, mentally, spiritually, all of it. And so you want to be sensitive to that. You know, our anxiety, I think, sometimes increases in those transitions. And our kids are perceptive to that. And they feel those things too because they've got a lot of unknowns that can be hard to process. So I think you have to be really sensitive to those and not be afraid to take the time to kind of have those conversations. You know, for my kids, I let them have a tote that they can open and close instead of a traditional box of things that are really important to them that they can keep with them so that we can load it into, you know, wherever we're going to be. So it's always with them. And we do the same with our homeschool. You know, we pack away the previous year's things that we know we're not going to need. That's easy to put away. But then we work toward those things that we're still using. And I always get like a really good Rubbermaid, you know, tote that has a good solid lid that you can open and close with handles. And we put all of our day to day homeschools and the basic supplies that you'll need, you know, scissors, glue, crayons, you know, whatever those things are that you use in your homeschool so that they're readily accessible and that stays with us. So if we're going to be in hotels or we're going to be in the car or, you know, everything else in the house is packed up, we still have that 
one bin that's really easily accessible. And that makes it so we can be more effective in doing some things all the way leading up to the move. And then when we get into the new place that we're not scrambling and trying to find where is this thing and I can't find your math book and you know, mm-hmm. all of the chaos that comes along with that. So having that I find is really helpful mm. as well to make that transition. Such good advice. I have heard from more than one homeschool family who has purchased Grammar Galaxy that they lost the book or one of the, you know, one of the books in the move. <laughs> so that's fabulous. Exactly. I yeah, love you, you that. You guard that tote with your life. Yes. I mean, like, yes. threaten my husband, like, nobody touches <laughs> this tote. Whatever you got to do. Like, we know this is brightly, boldly colored and labeled that this mm-hmm. is staying with us. And that does make it so easy. So you're not losing those important things. Because mm-hmm. how is it that we always lose something in the move? Like, right. where do they go? I, I mean, know, is there just like I a know. vortex that you have to pay, <laughs> like a tithe almost, like here's some of your yeah. stuff. Right. Too funny. And I think it's so sensitive to your child's needs to, you know, have like a, um, I can't remember what you called it, a tote or, or something where you're putting really treasured personal belongings um, because it would be so easy for those some of those items to get misplaced um, in the busyness of the move and people are helping you and they don't know where things go and um, that is just wonderful advice and I, I think we could use that advice for traveling too so that we're not misplacing those types of things so I Definitely. love it and our kids really need that you know even to just say it's okay to take a pause and we're going to go to the park one day and get out of the house and do some fun things because it's stressful and if we're feeling overwhelmed our kids are likely feeling overwhelmed so never feel bad about investing in that emotional and mental and relational aspect of homeschooling with your kids because it is so much more important than whether you got those math worksheets done absolutely i could not agree more your kids are never going to say remember that day that we didn't finish the math page (laughs) exactly Uh. (laughs) but when you held them and cried with them because they Mm -hmm. were losing their best friend and they were making this big scary move you know and you just sit with them in that you know Mm -hmm. even my daughter she's got some friends right now that are moving to another state and we Mm -hmm. have just moved and so we're going through that all over again even though she's now not the one moving because it's hard and Mm -hmm. it's hard for all of us no matter our age right absolutely well i thought that your tip about keeping the homeschooling materials front and center was just brilliant and so i'm wondering if you have any other moving tips for us I label every box, you know, I for a long time, we would always just go places, you know, because people will give you free boxes, different box stores and things are happy to give you their boxes. So we would do that. But this last move we did, we actually bought boxes because they were uniform in size and real sturdy. And we label everything and organize them by room. And I put like the most important things, I label all of them on the box. So you might laugh because you're like, Katie, I know everything that's in this box. But it helps because when you are unloading or you're trying to find something in a sea of boxes, you can very quickly and easily Mm. find those really important things for you. And so definitely the purging, we label boxes really well. Um, And then for us, I think it's more, like I said, we try and schedule and plan our time around when we know we move we give ourselves a lot of grace 
Um, we pack the kitchen things last, you know, the things that you're going to use. Mm. Um, we convert to, you know, paper and plastic a bit that last week so that we can pack things. But I think when I got my kids involved and they really got to be part of the decisions of what stayed and what went and helping pack, that was something for them that they have really enjoyed and now is just a natural part of our process when we move. Um, and get letting them pray with you, you know, our last move, we actually built a home about 30 minutes away from where we had lived. But so we went and they got to pray and walk the land and they got to be part of the process as we were asking God for things and seeing him answer. And so mm -hmm. I think when you can involve them and start to finish as much of the process and give them, sometimes we shield our kids, I think, right? Like, oh, well, this might be happening and we don't want them to worry. But when you can invite them in and just share mm -hmm. appropriately, right? Like you're not going to... right dive into all of the ins and outs, but when you can appropriately share as much as you can and let them feel part of it and part of that decision, it really empowers them to walk that out with you. And I think that's such a beautiful part of homeschooling as well. Yes, really, really, really good. I love that. I think you've already spoken to this um, to an extent, but do you have any other thoughts on how we can better support our children maybe during transitional seasons, not necessarily with a move, but, you know, maybe dad has different work hours now and isn't home um, as much. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I think cultivating conversation is the most important thing we can do. And some of our kids process more internally, whereas others process more externally. So we have to know our kids, but giving them space to have the ability to do that, whether it's you give them a special journal even that they can kind of write their thoughts and feelings down. And then you take time to make the connection points to really have those conversations and validate what they're feeling and let them know that that's normal and they're not alone and it's okay to be a little scared of the unknowns. And just letting them know that you go through those things as well, I think helps a lot with any of those transitions. And then working together for solutions. You know, I'm always amazed when I say like, what do you need or how could we make this easier? Um, they're brilliant and they come mm -hmm. up with wonderful ideas, you know, and for this last move, we just made sure that we traveled back and forth because we were close enough that we could. So whether they were friends an hour away, we still would commit to doing some of those to keep that connection. We had pen pals. We um, took time. We let them do little like text message types things on mm -hmm. a special app, you know, so whatever it is, and depending on your children's age, making sure that they still can keep those connections that are important to them and that you're looking for, you know, if they're losing um, say they were in dance or something, horseback mm. riding, something that they, some activity that they like, making that a priority mm. when you transition to help them get reconnected to those things, I think goes a long way in helping them to navigate that transition well. Mm. Really, really good stuff um, that you are suggesting. I think people are taking notes right now. <laughs> so I love it. Well, I know that you recently wrote a book for homeschooling families. Can you tell us more about that book and how it helps homeschool parents maintain their sanity while homeschooling, which is what I'm all about here? 
Absolutely, which is why I love your show. <laughs> um, so the book is called Dishing Up Devotions, 36 Faith-Building Activities for Homeschooling Families. And it's a unique interactive devotional really written specifically as a blessing to homeschool moms. So it's broken down into the 36 weeks that we traditionally would have for a homeschool year so that you have things for every week of the year. And it's all character traits that we want to instill in our kids because we want our kids to grow up to be leaders and innovators and strong um, and independent and all of these beautiful things. And so each week has a character trait and encouragement from mom. I share stories um, from my life and ministry and homeschooling and all of the things. And then it's got a fun, simple family activity. I say I am a Pinterest dropout, so I am not that mom. that, you know, is doing these elaborate things. So they're very simple, quick, easy family activities to help make that character trait tangible. And I also, I really believe that we do ourselves and our kids a disservice when we're focusing only on trying to instill character in our kids instead of really making it a family value and saying, you know, like my daughter is never going to achieve patience to perfection. And she needs to know that. And she needs to know that I am also working on patience. And so Mm. it's really helping you grow as a family in these Mm. values of character. And then it's got a fun, I call it a baking buddy, but it's a conversation connection that takes a delicious baking recipe and makes it an object lesson for that character trait. And so those baking recipes are beautiful, full color, and they're quick, simple. You don't have to be the star baker in order to do them. Many of them even have like boxed ingredients, Um, but they just, again, help you create connection. I really believe that that time in the kitchen, you build wonderful memories as a family. And when you can tie that into your faith as well and character, it helps that to stick and last. And so um, it's just a fun, easy way to incorporate Bible and character and, you know, all the life skills of cooking and baking all in one easy book. It sounds incredible. I love what you have done with that book. And I know that my listeners are going to want to get their hands on it. Where's the best place for them to get it? Yeah, so they can actually go to dishingupdevotions.com. And on there, it tells more about the book. And you can see some examples within it. And you can order it from your favorite retailer because it's available everywhere online. And I've also got a fun family faith building Um, bundle that I created digitally that they can get for free when they go there. So it's got 140 pages of things that go along, you know, like a Grow Your Faith bingo and um, other different games and activities, resources to help you plan out your homeschool year, um, just all sorts of goodies that go along with the book as well. So they can get all that there. Wonderful. Well, I'm going to put that link in the show notes. So if you're listening when you're on the go. Don't worry about trying to write that down. You can find it in the show notes that I will give you in just a minute. Well, Katie, this has been really, really wonderful. Thank you so much for taking time away from your family and your busy schedule to share with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. You can purchase a copy of Katie's book at dishingupdevotions.com and find more resources for your homeschool life at katiejtrent.com. You can find other resources Katie recommends in the show notes at homeschoolsanity.com move. Join me next time as we talk about how to redeem your time and make the most of every moment as a homeschool mom. Have a happy homeschool week. 
thank you for joining me. Happy, healthy homeschooling can be yours. It begins with one small step. Let's continue the conversation on social media. I'm at Psycho with Six. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.